Hey everyone, this is Patrick Cacciatore. Welcome back to No Struggle, No Story, a podcast where we talk with successful athletes about struggles or adversities that they face in their life and how they've been able to use these struggles or adversities to overcome them and become not only better athletes, but better people as well. So today I'm super excited to bring on Amanda Nord, JMU women's tennis player and voted the most valuable pet player for their conference tournament. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you, Patrick. I'm super excited to be here. No, me too. I'm super excited to have you. And I've been so inspired by you sharing your story and, you know, being so courageous to really, you know, put it out in the open, really, and with such a big heart to help other people. And, you know, I think that at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, right, is, you know, right. to do this together yes. and go through. So, you know, obviously, I know I've heard your story and I was able to read it, but I'm super excited to talk about it. So seriously, the, you know, the floor is yours. You can kind of start it wherever uh, you feel is best. Okay. So like I kind of said in my article, which people listening probably would not have read yet, but my story is very different, I guess, than others. It's not very normal. Um, it kind of started my, after my junior year of high school in the summer. Um crazy enough, I just woke up one day and kind of was like, oh, I'm not going to eat. And little did I know that four years later, I would, you know, be sitting here talking about how important mental health is and everything that I've gone through. Um, it kind of started with that. And a big part of it began with my eating disorder. And that pretty much took over my life for a very long time. And I'm sure as you know, the summer going into your senior year recruiting wise for tennis is extremely crucial. And I was over here playing four to five days a week, traveling to tournaments and maybe eating less than one meal a day, nothing. And I thought that was okay. And, you know, I know I've matured so much in my recovery because like looking back, I think I'm crazy. Like that was, <laughs> for sure. that was absolutely crazy to think that. And it's just, you don't know in the moment, I guess. You don't know what you're going through. You kind of deny it at first, I would say. So it kind of started with that. And then like any eating disorder, pretty much, you know, depression, anxiety started to come onto it. That followed. And it was just all while I was trying to become a division one college athlete. Like how can someone even do that and then put three mental illnesses on top of that? It was like, I didn't know, I didn't know what to do with myself, basically. And I didn't know a lot about mental health either, because in my opinion, I don't think it's talked about really in high school until I got to college. So, I mean, that kind of happened. And so I went to school, I went to college and I was competing and all of this was still going on. And I was just all over the place. I thought it was okay to not eat before practice. I thought it was okay to just like, completely be so depressed and I didn't really realize that that wasn't okay and I always denied myself I'm a big advocate for it's okay to not be okay and I always denied myself I was like why is this happening to me like this isn't fair like this should not be happening to me and I'm sure you know exactly what that feels like um so last year was my sophomore year and that hit really hard I it was kind of funny because I came out of that year prior to that, the last three months, I was the best version of myself. I was so happy. I was truly thriving in life. And I thought, you know what? I've beat all of this. Like I'm on top of the world right now. Like nothing can stop me. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to be the best teammate I can be. I'm just going to be all around a good person. Yeah, just pumped up to get back. Exactly. And within literally one week, 
I don't know what happened or why I thought the way that I did. I guess I didn't realize kind of how destructive, you know, having so much anxiety, having so much, so many depressive thoughts could be, but it, my thoughts started to scare me and a lot of ways um, in my head, I was waking up not wanting to be alive. I was crying every day before practice because I didn't want to step foot on the tennis court and have to pretend to be this good person and teammate. I was having so many panic attacks, three to four a day. I couldn't even hold my racket. And I mean, all you tennis players listening, you know, you kind of have to do that to play tennis. Decently a big part of the sport. (laughs) Exactly. So, I mean, it was just miserable and it only was getting worse. And I was scared to tell someone because I know as athletes, you know, they keep an eye on us and they treat us a little bit differently than normal people. So I was scared what was going to happen. I didn't want anyone to think less of me. I didn't want people to push away from me or people to make fun of me um, or not believe me. That was a big part is I just felt like no one would believe me. So, I mean, after just, I would say three weeks of those awful, awful thoughts, like wanting to get in a car accident on my way home from practice, just such terrible thoughts that I was starting to get scared for my life that, you know, I opened up to our athletic trainer and I told her like, I'm not okay. You know, I need help. And that to this day is my most proud moment because I know how difficult that can be to recognize you're struggling and ask for help. I think that's so important and that takes so much strength. And for some reason I found it inside of me to do that. And that was like the biggest blessing in my life. And from there on, um, my coach let me take a six week break from tennis, which has been the biggest blessing in my life. And I will could never thank her enough for that. I got to step away from the team, focus on myself, you know, go into therapy and really like I don't know the word, just like hone in on these thoughts that were so bad in my head and figure out why this was happening and stuff. And I don't know from almost just get a piece of perspective a little bit on like what was happening and be able to sit back and kind of go over, you know, like I feel like we're in such rushed and like and it's life goes so fast as athletes that you don't have time to sit back and actually think why was this happening? Exactly. You're so and I mean, still while all of that was happening for three weeks, you know, I was still playing I was still trying to be a teammate and I was no one could recognize me anymore and that's what was so defeating is I was just so far removed from myself that it just wasn't okay anymore and as I took that six-week break I you know I wanted to quit I didn't want to play tennis anymore I was not happy and I knew only playing would make me not happier and you know I, during that six week break, I was so able to focus on myself and focus on what tennis means to me, you know, what doing this sport for 15 years has meant to me. And, you know, it's what my life has meant to me most importantly, because I was so upset that I was here in this world. And I had no idea what that meaning of my beautiful life was for anyone. And without that six week break, removing myself, I would never have been able to find that. And I owe it to my coach for that. And I'm so thankful and so grateful for that. And from there on, I mean, it was just only, only positive from there. I mean, still to this day, of course, like I said, in my article, I struggle with everything that I have still gone through. And I know a lot of people do. I it's common, like it doesn't just happen overnight and get to get rid of all of it. It's a process and it's a long time in recovery. And I'm just happy to still be in that 
process and still be in that recovery and kind of like on the up or whatever the word is for that. But um, yeah, that's kind of my journey through all this. It's been five years and I say however long more it takes, you know, I'm willing to keep fighting for that and I'm not giving up on anything I go through and I don't think anyone should, you know. No, I think that's absolutely amazing. Seriously, I mean, I'm really proud to just know you. I think seriously, that's um, an unbelievable journey that you've been on and one that's so inspiring to everyone that gets to listen. But I think, I, I mean, I have so many things I want to talk about. I can't I don't even know where to start. But um, <laughs> I guess the first one would be kind of those depression and anxiety and, you know, like those body image kind of feelings. Like, where do you think those kind of come from? Because I think, and what do those feel like? I would say just because I think a lot of people out there who are experiencing them, I know personally, like you said, I didn't quite know what they were um, at first because mental health is talked about so little. So kind of maybe walk us through like what those were feeling like. I know it was a dark time, but I think yeah. it's really helpful. Um, I mean, I always think this is the weirdest part of my kind of journey with my eating disorder, which is related to body image was, I wasn't like bullied in high school. No one told me I was, you know, too fat and I should lose weight. I didn't have a guy tell me I should lose weight. None of that happened. And that's why it's, I've had this question asked so many times. It's like, I don't know where that came from. And it kind of feels like a vo there's this voice in your head that is just constant. It's like two of you, it's just constantly telling you, you're an awful person. Like you, if you eat this, you are going to be, fat if you eat this like no one's gonna like you like those were the thoughts going through my head and I had to like have the courage to like tell someone and like kind of process and reason why that was happening because I never had anything bad happen to me so I was kind of in the beginning like where is this coming from and I didn't I, I didn't know what to do almost and as I've gone through you know anxiety I've had certain techniques that helped me with it and those depressive thoughts I personally think we're just from being so unhappy and it all goes back, unfortunately, to my eating disorder. You know, when you're not new, um, feeding your body, your mood is going to go down. You are going to get so anxious. That's all you're thinking about. And it's just, it one, it's a cause and effect. One leads after the other. And that's, what's been happening my entire life. And it's weird because I still, I just don't know where they came from, but it's just always been that second voice in my head. That's just destructive. It just destroys me inside. And it's like, you're just living when this like monstrous voice telling you what's right and what's wrong for you. And it's not fair. So, no, it is not fair at all. But I mean, life's no, I think we really understand what we mean when we say life's not fair, but no, seriously, I think I know I can relate to, you know, what you're talking about is, you know, I don't think you can explain it, right? Like what you said, and I don't think it's really meant for us to understand. Um, personally, I think like what you said is that's a big part of saying like, it's okay to not be okay. And I think that that is the definition, right? Is that, you know, like those thoughts are going to come, like you're going to have negative thoughts. You're going to, some days you're going to wake up and just listen straight up. You're going to feel like shit about yourself. I, I have them at least every week, like honestly. Yeah. Um, but I think what you said is really important that you kind of found some techniques to like, at least help you um, get through them and kind of like build off of them. So like, what are some of those things that you kind of do to help, help yourself get through it? So I 
love talking to people and I love talking to people that understand what I'm going through and can relate because I, what I found is it is so incredibly hard to talk and I respect everyone that I've ever opened up to but it is so incredibly hard to talk to people who just really don't understand what you're going through um so I always like I write my thoughts down I journal I've journaled for five years and I think that's so important to just if I'm having bad thoughts, you know, if I'm having a really anxious day, just write that stuff down, get that out of your head and you can process it by looking at it. Instead of like, I always tell people I'm like fighting with myself in my head. I'm like, it's like one part's telling me this way, like, and then I'm like, no, don't do that. Like I'm fighting with myself. So like when I write it down, I can kind of see that firsthand. So that's another thing. And then one thing I actually really liked, and this is like specific to tennis, but you know, when I was going through those panic attacks um, on court and like not even being able to hold my racket, I do a lot of like finger tapping, which is a very like therapy based thing. I don't know if anyone's heard of that, but I do just to like calm myself down. And I even do that, you know, in everyday life, if I like wake up anxious or something, I do that. And it's just been like a little thing that kind of like my heart rate down gets the anxiety out of me tells me to like refresh um that's one thing and then another thing is obviously positive affirmations are so big and it's taken me a while to actually listen to myself because sometimes (laughs) you don't want to just go through the motion and tell yourself and it is so hard it is so hard to get yourself to sit down and actually be like okay I'm actually gonna write this down I know I'm like Oh man, like exactly. I gotta go run to the grocery store. I gotta go do this. It's exactly. so hard, but like, so worth it, right? It is. And when you start believing what you're telling yourself, that's when you can actually make a difference in your life and change your perspective on a- anything. And I believe that 100%. Of course, in the beginning, I was like, okay, Amanda, you're a great person. Like, sure, like I'll believe that some part in my brain. And did I? No, of course not. I st- like, I was still fighting with myself, but you have to want to make a change for yourself and you have to want to get better. And that's when you're going to start believing everything you tell yourself. No, I think that is amazing. And I really like, I really want to touch on like what you said about like fighting yourself. Right. And I think that is a never ending thing. Like, like it does not end ever. And I think anybody can attest to that. Even, I mean, in 20, 30 years, like everyone still fights with themselves. And like, like we talked about it. So like, I think personally for me, like I've found a way to kind of at least like explain it. So like I call it like self one and self two, okay. right? Okay. And so like you have self one who's like the, um, the it, it's like, it's actually a psychological thing. It's like the id where it's like just uh-huh. your instinct, like what, what's telling you, like we're naturally negative people. We want to pick out the negative things. Like the human is negative and stuff. Yeah. And then the other part is like our reasoning. And so I think like what you talked about with journaling is the most important thing because like you just write all down, like all the emotions, what you're feeling. And then like, you just sit there and look at it and you're like, well, that's, that's not what happened at all. Like, that's not yeah. true at all. Like, yeah. what am I thinking? Yeah. And so I guess like how important was that to you to like kind of really realize like what was actually going on in your life and that you're actually weren't, um, you know, that you actually were, you know, so much more than what you were telling yourself. Yeah, I mean, even to this day, when I go back and read what I've written in 2017, I just like, I have no words, like I'm speechless. And it's just like seeing that in front of me and is like, even it didn't take me until a couple months after I would write that, like I did really struggle with like, 
telling myself, oh, that's crazy what you're writing. That's not true. Like you're a good person. Your life's worth it. I did struggle with that a while. And it, and it did take me a long time to finally like look at that and be like, you are crazy. Like you are not worth any of these thoughts. You are not worth any of what you're thinking in your head. Like even the battles that you're fighting between yourself, like you're just not worth that. And you're worth so much more. And it did take me a while to realize that you know, that's not right. And that I shouldn't be thinking that. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh yeah, I looked at it right after I wrote it and it was yeah. just, okay, great. Like, let's move on with life. Absolutely. No. And I think everyone listening should realize, you know, it takes a while sometimes to process what you are going through and, you know, realizing that it's okay to go through that, but you also have to kind of want to make that change to get better too. No, I think that's an amazing point is that it, it takes time, just like it anything does. in life, right? Like yeah. any school, you know, your sport, whatever it is, fam, like building relationships, it's all a process just like anything else. But it, I think in my, in my um, experience, it's probably the most important process that any of us can go through because Absolutely. like you said, I think you talked about it. How much more were you enjoying just your sport and just everything in life once you were able to kind of get a handle and realize that no, like this, I can normalize this. This is not okay. Like, there's not something wrong with me. I'm just really just, I'm a normal person. And I, I feel like people struggle with these thoughts, but it's okay. And like, I am all these things and how much easier was it? And how much more were you enjoying, you know, everything in life really? Yeah. I mean, it's just like a sense of freedom. And like, even the minute I told someone that I wasn't okay, it was like a huge weight was just lifted off my shoulder. And it's just like, I could start to become myself again. Like when I am like free of all of that. And when, even when I accept what's going on and, you know, still like realize it, I still think that's important. No matter if you're still struggling with it or not, I think acceptance is huge. And it was just like, I could be myself, you know, I could tell myself you're might be going through something, but you're going to be okay. And it's totally fine to reach out to someone or tell someone you're not fine and want to talk like that's okay. And that honestly, in my opinion, shows more strength than absolutely anything. And I think a lot of people think, think that they're weak, you know, for wanting to go get help or just even saying like a little bit, I have anxiety. Like, what should I do? Like that in itself is strength and finding, finding my own inner strength was the biggest thing I could have ever done because it just allowed me so much more freedom in my sport. I mean, when I'm happy off the court, that's when I perform the best on the court, you know, so you true. can live life like norm, not normally, but when you can live life, you know, like just accepting everything, your performance is going to be better. Your academics are going to be better. Your relationships, friendships, anything I've noticed over the last year has been such a positive thing and I've increased so many relationships with people that I honestly never thought would happen and I'm so thankful for that because you know without accepting that for myself that would have really never happened in my opinion I think that's actually incredible because I think you talked about um being scared to go come out and like talk about it right I suffered from like the same thing you know for months and months and you know years to be honest I was suffering from you know depression and anxiety but I was like I, I actually went to somebody, I mean, it's better not to share it. But I, and I, and I said it the first time and they were like, Oh man, like you're what I like, just tough it out. Right. And so, you know, from then on for so long. Right. And I think that's what so many of us athletes are told to do is exactly just to tough it out. Right. That's what we're taught. That's like from the, from the beginning. 
But I think we're entering, you know, this new age and our generation is really beginning to, you know, make a movement with mental health. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing. So, I mean, what was, what were the reactions? Like, I guess, if you don't mind sharing, like when you did share it and like how much of a relief and how much do you feel like it really helped like your community and just people around you and just really being able to, I guess, share something that so many people can take such a positive, um, you know, notion from. Yeah. Um, so my coach did start to notice that I was not being myself and I don't want to say it kind of came as a surprise to people, but the minute that the day that I, you know, opened up to my athletic trainer for the first time and told her all of this, you know, I was, I stepped away from practice and I was in the counseling center and I was getting texts, you know, weeks before that, like leading up, like, are you okay? Like, if you want to talk, like, let me know. And like, I just wasn't ready to fully divulge all of those, like, cause they were scary thoughts and it was a scary time that I was going through. It wasn't just something simple. So I wasn't necessarily ready until, you know, I kind of hit rock bottom, but I mean, my coach knew like, and even my athletic trainer, like it wasn't, it didn't come as a surprise. And I wasn't upset by that in a way, because, you know, people can only ask so much of you, like, Oh, are you okay? Like, talk to me. Like, you know, you can only ask so much of someone who's going through that. And I mean, when I first told them, they, it kind of broke their heart in a sense, because like, they've known me at my best and they really haven't seen me at my worst yet. And that was absolutely my worst. And that day I opened up to another friend who kind of, I like to, there's certain ways people react. I kind of guess when you talk about mental health, you know, some people are like, Oh, you'll be fine. Like everything's fine. Like you'll get better. And personally, like, I'm not about that. And I think that's (laughs) even more destructive in my opinion. And I really don't like hearing that. So I opened up to a friend and he just gave me this, this like wisdom and knowledge of like, you are going to be okay, but you also need to realize that it's okay what you are going through. And he told me a thousand times and I never had the strength to believe it. I never believed I was going to be okay ever. And, you know, having someone like that kind of not just tell me, oh, you're going to be fine. Like just brush it off or it's just going to be a couple weeks, what you're going through, you know? He sat down and told me, this is serious and you need to get help. You need to think about other people. If you're thinking these thoughts, you need to think about other people and you need to think about you as a person and what your life has to offer. And he told me, you know, to start being grateful for all these things, but I couldn't even find it in myself to practice that gratitude for others because I was so far removed from the person that I knew. I couldn't even do that yet. And so when I first told, I didn't tell many people at first and I still not until the day I kind of came back to the team and, you know, asked them if they would have me back after what I was going through. I didn't really tell all of it because I was scared. And I, you know, I think the first time people knew everything was the article I wrote on Friday. Like, I really think that was the first time my family, you know, my coaches, my friends, even my closest friends from home, it took, you know, over a year and a half to finally like completely open up about that. So I think, I mean, I also think that people who are maybe scared to open up, it doesn't matter how long it takes to do it. Like if you have that strength inside of you and the courage to do it, that's all anyone can ask for. Because I like, that's just my opinion. I just don't think even if you wait a year to do it, kind of like what I did, of course, I got the immediate help that I needed to, but to the rest of 
the world or whatever, you know, that has been the biggest blessing to me. No, I think that's a really great point is that you're not, I don't, I think it takes a certain point to when you're ready to, yeah. to share, you know, cause I was also, you know, I was along the lines of having those suicidal thoughts as well. Yeah. And, you know, when you're at that point, you know, you don't want to share it's it's the scariest thing on earth because like you said you're afraid that people aren't going to take it the right way and that people will just call you insane and say there's something wrong with you and that's the exact stigma that we're trying to break right and you know the one that we're trying to make people realize so for whoever's listening like you're okay and like it is normal and like I think that's so important and I think another amazing point you made is that don't expect everyone to understand um And I think like, like you said, is when I think this is, there's never been a better um, scenario to really describe like how important it is to have your circle and to have that tight circle, because I really believe that it's the most important thing, because like you said, you know what, like, don't, it's not other people's fault. Like we're not blaming them, but people, if you haven't been through it or had another friend experience it, they don't know how to deal with it. No, they don't. But I think what you said is really important. So for everyone listening, I think it's really important that if somebody doesn't take it right the first time, don't feel less about yourself and don't stop trying. And I think continue to, you know, confide in people that you think really have your best interests. And I think that that was something that really helps clearly you and really helped me, you know, through the process as well. I mean, that was my biggest takeaway throughout the last five years of my life is surrounding yourself with the right people. And, you know, sometimes if there's nothing wrong, if you open up to someone and they don't take it necessarily in the right way, there's nothing wrong with that. But if they keep, which I've had experience in the past, you know, if they keep putting you down and they keep saying comments that like, maybe you ask them not to, it's not, it's not going to help you. It's only going to decrease your mental health and it's not going to help you get to that recovery point and make you want to get better. You're going to feel worse. And I just think for everyone listening to this, it is so incredibly important to surround yourself with the right people, the people you can trust, the people who know will inspire you to recover, inspire you to talk to others and like help you, honestly. Like I've had so many incredible people by my side who love me, care about me, support me. I mean, the support system was everything to me and I would be nowhere without that. Absolutely. So I think that's extremely important that people you surround yourself with. Absolutely. I couldn't agree. I don't think I could have said it better myself. Seriously. It's, I think it's everything. And like you said, reaching out, those are, are the two, I think in mental health, the two biggest things. And I think, you know, maybe a point we could touch on too, I think is really, you know, cause this is something I've also asked myself and this is really, truly the reason I, started the podcast, right, was, so obviously, we got to our point where we hit rock bottom, um, right, and you got to that point, what do you think are ways people can kind of help their mental health before they reach that point, so that they don't have to, you know, get to that, that low point to really understand how important it is to take care of your mental health? Yeah, I mean, I think I reached that point truly, because I was just so scared to let anyone know I was struggling. And I was so scared. I had no one to relate to exactly what I was going through. And I think like even you starting this podcast and listening to every single person's story, like someone might stumble across it when they're almost at rock bottom and hear someone's story and that could change their life. And that is the most rewarding thing ever. Like, I honestly think that, you know, if I would have related to someone, if, you know, I would have opened up to someone that, 
I trusted and, you know, wasn't so scared, I think I would have tackled those bad thoughts at a more advanced pace as opposed to getting to rock bottom and kind of, I was just denying it. All I was doing was denying it because I was scared and I wasn't accepting it. And I think, you know, like I said, like writing those thoughts down, like immediately as you first start having them, like anything related to, you know, suicidal thoughts, like that should not be crossing your mind. And that should be, you know, you need to understand that that's important and no one should be experiencing that. And it's serious. And I just think it's really important for people to understand and know that, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. I know it's so much easier said than done. Like we are prime examples of that. But I think the biggest thing was I just waited too long. And you know what? I didn't want to wait any longer. And that's why I spoke up when I did. And I'm so grateful I did. But I mean, everything about this is easier said than done. Of course, someone going through that, like me and you have, like it is so hard to get yourself to do that and accept it in the moment. But I think just realizing as kind of early on as you can and, you know, looking at those thoughts, like real, realizing it, you know, telling yourself more positive things, whether you believe it or not, it might help in the slightest bit, reaching out to a friend that you trust. I'm sure we all have at least one person we trust. And, you know, I think that I just think it's so important to do that and to kind of like know what you are going through at an earlier stage. Kind of. I couldn't agree more. And I think I think another, I guess, aspect that, you know, people can, should really utilize in my opinion is uh, psychologists. And yeah, so I think absolutely. every school really, uh, most schools at least offer one. Mm -hmm. And so I, I would maybe, I don't know what your experience was with psychology. I know you said you went to therapy and stuff, yeah. so maybe that's what it was, but what kind of role did having a confidant that is going to keep everything, you know, kind of between you and them, how important was that for you in this process? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's counseling centers at every school. And that's a great point to talk about is, you know, utilize that. Like, that's what they're there for. And, you know, I, you don't, I don't want to say I utilized her too late, but that was the first, after I opened up to someone, that was the first person I went and saw. And, you know, it felt such a relief to just talk to someone who I know wouldn't not tell other people. And that's not what I was worried about, but it's a non-judgmental space. You know, it's a con find space that just you and that person are talking about and they're there to help you and analyze those thoughts and I think everyone you know the minute you're having a thought like this you know utilize your counseling center utilize them like that's what they are there for and that's what a bunch of people afterwards you know told me about being an athlete or even a non-athlete you know that's you have access to that and I think it's a great thing and I loved being able to like take advantage of that and, you know, really use her to help me through and she works with athletes. So it was even better. And just to help her kind of, that helped me talk to other people, if that makes sense. Like she helped me open up to other people on like how I should go about what I was going through. And it was amazing. Like psychologists are so amazing and they understand everything and know exactly how to process those thoughts that you're thinking. Exactly. I think, you know, it's what they do and, you know, it's what they're so great at yeah. and you know what, they truly become your best friend. I think yeah. in, in a lot of ways, you know, they are there for you. They understand you, they listen to you and they accept you is like you said, the most yeah. important part is, yeah. you know, being accepted and they make every, you realize that everything you're going through is normal, regardless of what society or what, you know, the social stigma is. And I think, you know, I would encourage anyone to definitely go Absolutely. to one. I agree. Absolutely. And so I guess, yeah, moving, you know, into like the last, last topic here is I think, you know, 
this whole experience most importantly made you stronger right and i think that that is such an important um point to really touch on is that you know you went through all this it is what you described as rock bottom but you know do you believe that you could reach the height of you know the happiness and the i guess self acceptance that you're at now without that point i know i I would be anywhere without anything that I've gone through. Absolutely. I just, I think you really need to go through those hard times to just look at it in front of you and realize that was not okay. And I want to grow. I want to change. I want to recover. And I hate that. Like, I don't want people to think you have to get to rock bottom, you know, to realize that, but I am just been such a firm believer. And I tell everyone, like my experiences in the past have made me am today. The people that have been my support system are the reason I'm so strong today and so willing to sit here and, you know, open up and share my story and have the courage to write my article for other athletes to hear. And I just think it's, it's just so important to even realize that just realizing that everything you've been through has made you who you are today is anything I could ever ask for. I'm not denying anything. I'm not saying it was bad that I went through. I had to go through that to come out on top. I had to go through that to have the courage. And I had to surround myself with the right people to like, to bring me back to life. Like I was given a second opportunity at life and I'm so thankful for that. And it wouldn't have been anything I've gone through in the past and any person that has, you know, been in my circle and been my biggest support system for sure. It's so inspiring. I think, I mean, what an amazing, you know, point that you just made. And that's, you know, the idea of everything is that no matter how tough the struggle or how big the adversity that, you know what, um, you know, it's going to be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, then it's not the end. Exactly. Right. And I think that that is, you know, the biggest takeaway for so many people is that, you know, use everything that you've said and all the uh, tools, you know, make people realize that, you know what, like, you're not the only one, you're not alone. No, um, no. You know, this yeah. is a community. And I think it's just uh, what you said is absolutely incredible. And, you know, I've been, I know I've gained so much from just, you know, just talking to you. And I think that that is, you know, the most important is that the, all of these, no matter how big the scar, it really does make you stronger uh, at the end yeah, of the day. Absolutely. So seriously, Amanda, uh, thank you so much. And I guess actually last question, because I think this is a big one. Um, for whoever is currently, whoever's listening out there, somebody is currently going through this. Um, what is the biggest piece of advice that you could give them uh, moving forward? Well, the title of my article was Keep Fighting. And I said that as the, I set that as the title for a reason. I cannot even tell you how many people throughout the last five years of my life have constantly told me to keep fighting. And that is the biggest, that has been the biggest thing for me. Don't give up. If you feel like you're at rock bottom, do not give up. You fight for that life and you fight for that chance to be happy one day, to be yourself again. And that was one thing that I learned the most is I never gave up. I always continue to fight for that life. And I, that is the most rewarding thing. Like I never give myself credit for anything ever. And I am so proud of myself for having that mindset always. And even at times when I wanted to give up, I didn't. And I continue to fight and I continue to pursue awful thoughts. 
So to whoever is listening to this, whatever struggles you may be going through, do not give up, keep fighting. And I promise you everything will be okay in the end. Don't know a better way to finish it off than that. Uh, seriously, I'm, I know I'm ready to run through a brick wall. I don't know about everybody else, but seriously, that was uh, amazing. And I can't express like how grateful I am to you for, first of all, being such an amazing person to be able to share your story. And then second of all, to, you know, share it with me. And uh, I feel super blessed to, you know, to be a part of your life and to be able to, yeah. you know, just have you here on here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. You're welcome. All righty. Listen in, everybody. Here we go.